Sam Mays. And today in the Sam Mays podcast, we've got Mr. Wes Sims, former Oklahoma great, coming off of the unbelievable, incredible, uh, unexpected, I mean, all kinds of words that would describe this uh, Oklahoma spring game. How are you, sir? Best day ever. Best day ever, for sure. You uh, uh, you had a, a long weekend. I, I can't wait to hear all about it because oh. I know how those golf tournaments are. Oh. The, uh, I was at the game on Saturday, and uh, there's so much to talk about. So excited about this podcast for sure. I wanted to thank our title sponsor, Nature's Key. And if you want to check out some of their products, go to key to naturesblessings.com. Use the promo code MAZE2022, and you get a discount on all your CBD products. Uh, I would highly recommend the Oklahoma Sunrise. That stuff is incredible. I start my day uh, with about 50 milligrams of that, and it is the perfect way to get started. I'm drinking less coffee. I'm waking up easier. Uh, it's fantastic. And I go to sleep with the one-to-one, uh, which has been phenomenal. I sleep better, deep sleep. I, I'm keeping track of my sleep, and I'm, I'm getting way more deep sleep than I normally do. Uh, I'm working out better. Like, I just feel way better taking my uh, 160 milligrams of CBD every day. So once again, big thank you to Nature's Key. Uh, also, thanks to our supporting sponsors, Jackson's the Kingfisher. Wes and I drove out in the uh, Trail Boss this evening. It was fantastic. That car, the that boss. truck uh, performs well in any situation. I'm talking uh, off-road, on-road, on the highway. Like, it is one of the most reliable vehicles I've ever uh, had. So big thank you to Jackson's of Kingfisher. Uh, shout out to Mike at Totally Tickets. If you need World Series tickets coming up, as Oklahoma and Oklahoma State look like they're surging towards a uh, World Series showdown, which would be unbelievable for the state of Oklahoma. You can pick those up. Also, several great concerts coming up here in the state of Oklahoma. You know how we do it here in the summer times as far as shows are concerned. So go to totallytickets.com for any of your ticket needs. And remember, shop local, right? I know there's some national uh, things that you could use for tickets, but it's to me, if you keep your money here in the state, it's always better to, to, to help out other Oklahomans. So that's totallytickets.com. And a very special thanks to Local Leaf RX. And that's where we're at here today in Shawnee slash the comes to America. Right. Just right down the road. We took the turnpike out here from Edmond. Yep. Dumped us out over there right next to Shawnee. Hopped on this highway right off the road. Easy Convenient. Yeah, very convenient. A lot of uh, OU fans coming in and out of the doors here at Local Leaf RX. They've got an incredible selection. Uh, Wes is definitely the, out of the two of us, Wes is the cannabis connoisseur for sure. And uh, as he perused the shelves, I think he was extremely impressed with the brands that they've got up there. A tremendous selection. I'm talking, like, when they talk about, say, big city cannabis, like, this is 100% uh, better selection, than you'll, in my opinion, than you'll find in the majority dispensaries in Oklahoma City. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they do an incredible job here at Local Leaf RX. Bring, bring your nose with you. There's a lot of great things on these shelves. There's a lot of uh, runts. Big fan of that. Yeah. They've got some great strains from some great growers and, like, like, like we've been talking to them, they have great relationships with all of these local growers, local processors. This is all great quality stuff, and you can tell the looks, the smells, everything it has. They're about the medicine for sure. Everybody that walks in, it's a first-name basis, which is really cool also. Yeah. Uh, they know their great. customers. So, yeah, if you were in the area of Shawnee or Tecumseh, you're looking for a local dispensary that's going to take great care of you with a tremendous selection of flour coming out here to Local Leaf RX. Wes, it came, 
It was spectacular. The Oklahoma Spring game breaks records. 75,000-plus people in attendance. I uh, I showed up. Million. Yeah, it was wild, man. I showed up at 2 o'clock thinking – uh, because I'm, I, because I, I wanted to sit in the stands, you know, I got press credentials and I went up and I said hi to all the people up there, shook the hands, got a roster. And I was like, let's just go. I wanted to go sit in the stands. So when I got up to the press box, I looked down and thought, How Oh you no, doing? I thought, Oh no, I've got to leave here immediately to go save four more seats in the stands. Cause I thought they're going to fill this thing. I mean, campus was unbelievable. It took me probably a good five minutes for my brain to actually understand what was happening in front of me with the lines because lines were starting like close to Boyd and then weaving their way through campus to get to the gates that were open. It was insane. Insanity. I bet you at two o'clock there was 40,000 people trying to get into the stadium. It was like a normal game day. It was like a normal game day. Everybody starts down there and then you just start going through the bushes and buildings and everything else to get there. It was uh, it was wild. You're talking about a uh, a fan base that's charged up for so many reasons. Obviously, Brent Venables comes in and, and shows uh, that he is the coach for the Oklahoma Sooners. His ideology, his his mindset, the way that he uh, speaks to the fans, the access that he's given the media, like he's all in. And Oklahomans are ex- extremely excited to have him on campus. But you know, it's also the USC and Lincoln Riley departure and. You know, this challenge that it seems like USC fans have laid down to the Oklahoma fans of, you know, as far as who's got the better fan base and more tradition. And I'm like, y'all had 17,000 people at your spring game and tried to lie about it. Yeah. Like, it does, there's no way. They said they had 30,000 people. You didn't have 30,000 people. I'm like, in those how, stands. how many people's this stadium seat? It seats like 90. There's no way it was a third I know it's big, but yeah, yeah no. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I think that that was a driving force. I think uh, even with the weather situation getting a little weird. But you know what? That might have been the biggest spring game they've ever had. I mean, they Oh, it was. USC had there. the biggest spring game they ever had. It's yes. like the people in Southern California will tell you to your face. Like, even when I played pro ball, they're like, we got other things to do. They're like, I, we can go to SeaWorld, we can go to the beach, we can right. go to a baseball game. We can, I mean, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's a different way of life. They, um, yeah, I mean, it's, and it wasn't, after you went back and watched that, there wasn't a bunch of spectacular football being played uh, either out there at Southern Cal. So we'll see how they end up this season. But, you know, the challenge was laid down also by Venables. And I think the fan base answered that too. I didn't know how Oklahoma right. fans are going to, uh, you know, I don't know that this is the fan base that likes to be bullied or, or pushed around. And I didn't necessarily know how they were going to respond to that. But they, sh- I mean, they showed up in droves, 75,000 for a spring game. It was epic. I told you it would be just fine. You did. And you got all worried. And you still think the sky is falling about next year. And everybody associated with the program is not concerned. Yeah, there isn't. An, I'm still, I am very much. It's it, what's needed to happen. I think this is, you know, I've, I started covering Oklahoma at a time where um, it was nothing but Big 12 championships and semifinal appearances. So there's not, there wasn't a whole lot of negative things to say, right? To like, you know, and I think that if Oklahoma fans uh, know me and understand who I am as a, as a not only a, a, a sports broadcaster, um, a cover, somebody that covers college football, but as a, as a fan of the game, like, I just tell you how I see it. My opinion will always just be, this is how, I don't have an agenda when I talk about football. There's so many people that want to say I have an agenda. Well, all you do is say good things about OU, and I'm like, well, they just, 
They just win a bunch of games. I don't know I mean, what to tell you. Yeah, they just you I've covered two high school. 11, 12 games a yeah. year. I mean, it's hard to get too negative with, yeah. with a team like that. But this is a year where, you know, when I just an early evaluation, we'll get to that here later in this podcast. But, you know, there's some, there's some questions about this team moving into this 2022 season. And I'm really, um, I really, really, really cannot stress enough that I think that the Big 12 is going to take a very big step as a conference again this year as you know Baylor is not sneaking up on anybody you know what I mean like there's no. a, and, we'll, and we'll talk about that a little bit too but the, they're just gonna hit you in the mouth yeah man the conference is better <laughs> the conference is better so I'm excited but you know as far as the things that stuck out to me before we get to the football aspect of this and I want to ask how the golf tournament was on Thursday on Friday because I'm sure that was a absolute it was fantastic um Except but it was windy you know like there's there's moments in the game of football that on the field and off of the field that you will get chills, right? Like there's just it's a it's an emotional game played by emotional men, cheered and and supported by emotional people. And I'm just telling you, I got goosebumps when Venables turned on that microphone to start and seventy five thousand people went silent. And it's because and for me Growing up in Northeastern Ohio, where a lot like, you know, it's that Friday night's vibe. Football is a way of life for us. It's a religion up in that part of the country. And, and so coaches were, were community leaders, right? They were people that were respected across the board, religious leaders, community leaders, the whole nine yards. And when you listen to Venable talk, he very much has that old school feel to him that he's respected on that level, Right. I'm telling you, there wasn't a person that was running their mouth in the stands when he grabbed the turn that microphone on. It went silent to hear yeah. what the coach, what what their coach, their guy had to say about Oklahoma football. Right, and I loved how he brought all the former players out um, just to start it off, and and that says a lot about him and, and and the fact that that's how he wanted to start it off by recognizing those guys, but also when he's up there speaking. That's all those guys that are associated with that program that played on that field that were associated with a lot of championships that are all standing behind them and don't have a problem doing it either um, and happy to be there. Uh, so, I mean, the, just everything everything that he's doing is as he wants it to be. That's that's what I learned about when I, when I was down there at the golf tournament getting inside the program, talking to some old guys, um, talking to some new guys, talking to old guys that are new guys again (laughs) Um, and everything from the football all the way out to when these guys get out in the real world he is putting hands on it and it's it's pretty special I mean everybody that comes in there has a purpose and he has a vision and a goal and he's getting there and I think he's getting there a lot faster than a lot of people thought he would I I I appreciate the um I also appreciate the way that this staff wears their faith on their sleeve sleeves, right? They, they, they absolutely, uh, you know, talk about, um, you know, our Lord and savior and, and all glory to God. And, and, you know, guys like Ethan Downs and coaches like Miguel Chavez and, you know, the narrative is, it is more than just football, you know? And I think that that also resonates a lot with Oklahoma fans in the stands is just how, you know, wrapped up in their faith they are and how wrapped up in football they are. I don't know. These things all just seem like they fit so well together uh, that it's a match made in heaven with uh, Venables and his staff and, and what he's done with this team, no question. The energy surrounding Oklahoma football is 
nothing but positive in this moment uh, coming into summer conditioning. Now it's all at the Schmitty, right? I mean, this is where right. where we're at now is that we move into this next phase. But, um, you know, as far as the, the game is concerned, I think, Wes, for us, the, the first place probably to get started would be um, – actually, oh, there's one more thing. I want to hit Baker Mayfield before we get into the football. Oh, Baker. Bro, I wonder – I do truly wonder how much of the Baker Mayfield factor the spring game turnout was. Right, and I think we'll get an idea next season when it's Kyler Murray's turn. Um, and Kyler was only there for a year, and he wasn't as you know fan. Um, I don't want to say he wasn't fan friendly, but you know, in comparison, right. he he wasn't. You know, Baker Mayfield was. I mean, he's the man of the people, right? He's the people's champion. This undersized, under speed, like no one is. He's you know, the guy. He's he the was, guy. He was like America's quarterback. He's and I said it before. I still think he should just go to the Cowboys. <laughs> I think it should. It needs to happen. I'm hoping they cut him so he can go play for my Steelers. Is what I'm. I'm looking well, for. Well, yeah, that'd be good to see too. Yeah, I would be. I, I think be, he needs another shot at uh, Oh Joey B. Yeah, that would be. That would yes, absolutely. I, I would be pretty happy about getting a quarterback in Pittsburgh that's got a flipping heartbeat. Yeah, he would absolutely be perfect for that offense. Well, the way it was set up, His, but I mean. Najee's going to be great for him. Cheeseburgers? Cheeseburger? I will absolutely eat a patty melt. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Shout out Local Leaf RX. Yeah. How about dropping it? That's going to be what we call a cheeseburger in paradise. Like, what do you, what do you, I mean, yes, ma'am. Of course, you're yeah. 700 pounds of man in this. Yeah. Right here once. Yes. Fill it up. Bring us all the meat. <laughs> That's fantastic. Talking fries, tots, um, rings. What do we got? Mayfield's uh, I thought, halftime speech I thought was super authentic. It was super just him. Uh, very casual. You can tell he was super emotional when he started talking. Um, you know, for me as a journalist, as I get older, the more I appreciate the moments uh, of, of the spectacle that is called football that I get to be a part of and Mayfield's three years on campus were like a, it was like a movie, right? It was right. like a it was like a a movie each and every year, and even I got a little uh, choked up when they, they played his highlight video. I was there for every one of those big moments, you know. I yeah. will never forget that performance in Columbus, Ohio. I was fortunate never enough forget it to be able to travel to a lot of those games. Yes, was at that one, I was that out at the Rose Bowl. I got to go to a lot of great games that year, and I yep. was going to try to make it a point to try to finish it out, but, you know, it finished where it did. But, yeah. uh, man, watching him play in college was great, and I think it was – he had so much success for such a long time, but he was such a personality on and off the field. He was just kind of so polarizing. He was a – you either love him or you hate him, and he was our guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. But he, but he backed it up, too. I mean, he was he was the man in college. Yeah, he was. He couldn't miss. He could not miss. He'd run around forever and always hit somebody on third and long. Yeah, he was. He was special. You know, he had that it factor uh, for sure. His family was out there. Coach Stoops was out there. A good friend in front of the podcast, Jason White, uh, out there along with Kyler Murray, who looks like he's put on twenty pounds of muscle since the season ended. He is yoked up walking around. Uh, and then just a list of professional athletes that were in. It's there, you know, uh, Jermaine Gresham's walked around with two Super Bowl rings on. Yeah. You know I mean, like it is the the stars were out in Columbus. Brian Bosworth is out in the field talking to Adrian Peterson. Like you're talking about a, a cast of characters that were in Norman 
uh, this weekend that was, I mean, it's, it's one of the most prestigious schools in college football history. It's had some of the best players in college football history, in NFL history. Those guys showed up in a big way to support their new coach and, and their, uh, I forget, it's, I think maybe the 138th class, uh, but they were there, and they, they walked with their coach down that field, and it was an incredible moment. Right? I mean, it was unbelievable. Baker, uh, the support that he had and, and everything. I mean, I couldn't imagine a better situation at the spring game. Yeah, it was – I mean, it was awesome. And it, it, it all started – you know, guys started rolling into town on Thursday. Um, a lot of people stayed there in town. Um, I got to see a bunch of everybody, a bunch of guys Friday just at the golf tournament. Oh, Yeah. Which, that was the biggest turnout they'd ever had. I mean, they had 36 teams out there. It was loaded up. There's guys oh. everywhere, people riding around on carts and coaches, and the soul group was out there. We got to play a few holes with them and talk a little trash with them. <laughs> who, who was the uh, – I mean, so how long – one, when did it start? 6 a.m.? 8 a.m. 8 a.m., and you just played till the sunset? No, we played – we were done at probably 2. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, maybe one thirty, something like uh, that. I just figured that the uh, the wheels would have fell off about nine holes into that sucker for everybody. Oh, they did, and the wind was blowing forty miles an hour. But yeah, fun fun was had <laughs> over all others. I got to meet some really interesting characters. Uh, shout out to my man Joe Dan. Joe, yeah, yeah, Joe Dan's a great time. <laughs> I thought he was a homeless person, but then I found out he actually did own a golf bag. Somebody else carried it for him, so. Joe Dan will surprise you. Okay, Joe Dan was a former player. Joe Dan's a former everything. You just got to you're gonna have to meet Joe Dan. Okay, he's interesting. All right. Okay. So Joe Dan sticks out. Yeah, Joe Dan stuck out. But yeah, then I went to the uh, Baker unveiling Friday night. Got to oh, see yeah. uh, everybody. Man, it was good to see Venables again. Got to see Schmitty. Talk to him for a while. Nice. Um, it was it was really good, man. It was Very really cool. really fun. Nobody blackout drunk or anything crazy? Oh, maybe. I mean, the last thing I remember was my wife was driving my truck and we stopped at Pizza Shuttle on the way out of town. So I'm sure there was people that were a lot more wor- a lot worse off than I was. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, very cool. Um, all right, let's take a look at the game. You know, just it went, and I can't stress this enough to the people. This is just one game. Um, I will say that I felt like the energy level for both teams was up. I would say that there were some real game-feeling moments uh, in this spring game. I thought those kids went out there and hit each other, for sure. I think there's a lot of guys out there fighting for positions in some key groups on that team. So I think the energy was, as far as giving me a good look, I felt like I got a pretty good look with a lot of these guys, uh, for sure. But uh, to start uh, with the offensive line, who's the most important position on the field. And wait, speaking of that, have you yes. heard this audio from Mike Gundy? What? Let me see if I can maneuver this thing uh, real quick to give you a little. Uh, jig on the thing in the box. To there. give you a little bit of uh, audio here from the head football coach of Oklahoma State as he talked about offensive linemen. Um, and uh, Hoover played this this morning for me on the radio, and I came uncorked. I mean, those guys, it's hard, you know, they're the, they're the 300 pounders. Um, they're the most non-athletic on the field. And that's what Gundy oh. said about offensive linemen today. Oh, that's what he said about offensive linemen today. Well, 
I feel like me and Mangino didn't get along because he thought I was too much of an athlete. He called me right. Mr. Bench Press. He hated the fact that I was just not built like the a big McNugget. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like, you know, there's a different way to go about this. I never really thought that Mike liked the offensive line very much, and I, I, think, I finally feel like I've got confirmation yeah. of that. Just a bunch of fat slobs. I'm so <laughs> irritated that he said that. I was mad as hell this morning. Like, well, you what, played what? for the guy, so he obviously yeah. didn't think much of any of you. I know it. I mean, like, that's kind of the message you get. I mean, you're not going to hear one of these guys say that. They'll, you know, they'll call them hogs or something or monsters. But right. they're not going to be, like, non-athletic. I mean. Like, who would say that? Like, what? I don't well, know another football. All, like, it makes you really question, like, that guy clearly knows what he's doing and clearly can coach this game. But to say something like that, it almost wonders if, if he meant to say something else. I don't know. It just, you it just could, was bewildering. You could show up if you could do something right on the football field and play for Schmitty for three, four, five years. Hey, what's uh, what's going on, man? And you get, yeah, you get, uh, I know that guy from Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that name sounds familiar. Yeah, but yeah, it's good to see people popping in here. Yeah, heck but yeah. you could take somebody that was decent at football. That is a total nonner, and give him three or four years on the Schmitty, and he's going to make you an athlete. Right. Or you're going to at least look good. <laughs> right. And by God, you're, he's going to find something to either make you quit or make you get fit. Yeah, man. Gundy. <sighs> he almost ruined the whole show. The podcast almost was ruined by that, by that statement. I'm sorry that I even played No, it, it. wasn't. I'm so mad that he said that. That is your damn coach, That sir. is my damn coach. As far as Oklahoma's offensive line, coach. Uh, I'll say this. I, I feel like, you know, ever since the uh, the Joe Moore Award uh, winning team, it's been a struggle, right? I mean, guys graduated early. You got Bobby Evans and uh, Cody Ford leaving a year early. There's that gap. They're trying to find guys. COVID hits. I don't feel like any of the guys there got the necessary training they needed. I think they were in – I think everybody was in a little bit of bad shape across the board in college football, even at the highest level. Bama wasn't great. Ohio State wasn't great. Oklahoma wasn't great. I watched a group of guys take the field uh, this weekend that made me feel like they were – they had seven guys that can play this game. I think the Congo kid, you know, I think he could be a starter at one of the guards. I also think that he's the ultimate backup because he plays all three positions in the interior. Yep. And they pick up that six six kid uh, – I forget what school he came from – that uh, 100% is going to be able to play that swing tackle position when somebody goes down there. So, but I think the they – no, the Cal kid, I think, could also be a starter at the left guard spot. He played a lot with Harrison. He played a lot more guard, right? Yeah, he played a lot of guard. He looked good, aggressive, physical. Yeah. Uh, I thought Harrison and Morris both from a – I mean, as far as consistency goes, both those guys. Harrison was yeah. so inconsistent a year ago. He, I think he's figured it out, which is it's nice. Like the young tackle, the 60, I mean, he looks like a basketball player. He does. There, man. Yeah, he's absolutely. tall and lean. He doesn't look like a 320, man. I mean, yeah. he's, he's an athlete, but he says he's got to get his butt down a yeah. little bit. Harrison looked like he got it down a little more. Yeah. But he's probably packing on the right kind of weight, so it's going to make him sink down a little more. But I'm excited to see some of these body types. I mean, I would have liked to have seen a before with some of these linemen and an after. Oh, yeah. So he's, I thought that Chris Murray – played too heavy a year ago. I think he put on COVID weight. I think I guarantee we somewhere around 315. All of them did. So he showed up at 298 and 
looked looked comfortable in 298. Like, I, I yeah. was happy to see him at that weight. He looked a lot smaller. Yes. But he's going to be a lot quicker and a lot more athletic. He's going to be able to get in better football position. Yeah, he um, – He's. I think he's going to be a good a good football player. You know, he's got this disability. I mean, you know, when you're when you're six foot tall, leverage is your friend. You know, what I mean, he's just not very yeah. big, and so I, I like I like kind of, I just like the, his ability in the run game. I like him in the passing game. I like how you re, you referred to him earlier today. You were like that that little guy from UCLA. Yeah, and I was like, man, he's not that little. And then I was I was going back looking at some of the tape today, and I, I was, was like. like he lost all that weight. He does look, he you looks know, little. like the little yeah. athletic guy now. He does. I mean, look. We, so he was we, just a butterball last year. We grew up in an era with, uh, you know, offensive linemen. There was kind of like a, a what you, you're looking for, a strong right guard that's a 330-pounder, and then having a quick guard was never a bad idea. You know, just yeah. having that guy that was kind of like a pulling uh, wraparound specialist that could move to either side of the off. Chris Aiken, that's what he was for us. At Oklahoma State, super versatile, could move anywhere you need him to go, can get out and screen. Like, you, it's always good to have a quick guard. And I think Murray's going to offer them that versatility this year in the run game. Uh, just an athletic kid, you know. And he's yep. and once again, you know, football is all about leverage. When you are naturally built that way, it's hard to move guys like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see Wanya get out, get a little more action on him. I mean, that's a guy that I thought looked pretty good in the spring game a year ago, and then I yep. think he just kind of had some off-the-field issues, just wasn't quite right. And I've seen him do some interviews and things, and I think he's he's getting back on track. I, that's a guy I thought was going to contribute a lot for us last yeah, year. That's somebody that I think a lot of us thought was a built-in starter. I mean, right. got a got a first-round frame, first-round athleticism, I thought his uh, his kick slide looked really good. I thought his his run blocking ability is there. He's a nice balance piece. I think he's grown up a lot. So I I honestly, I mean, as far as a spring game is concerned, I'd give that group a you know B plus B somewhere in there as far as just kind of where they're at right now. And then yeah. and now I can it's easy once you see that they've got some guys out there that are capable, right? They, they, and I think one you love the fact they didn't make a whole lot of mistakes either in this game. Uh, it's easier now to settle down and, and think about what they have from a skill position standpoint and then, you know, then what kind of impact will Dylan Gabriel have? Like we know, I think Oklahoma's probably got, you know, one of your top three offensive lines in the league next year, which is where they need to be to be competitive for sure. You know what? One thing I noticed about this spring game, and, you know, I'm sure the atmosphere helped a lot, but I know what it was. This spring game – up front looked a lot more like a game game than oh, a spring yeah. game. 100%. As the spring games in the past have kind of looked more like an NBA all-star game. Yes. They were kind of getting out of hand. And it was good to see guys just getting after it. I mean, Sachs in the past was just a guy running free off the edge. And, you know, you didn't see – I mean, there's a couple of those. I mean, they're young guys, and it's – You've kind of shown your whole bag of tricks to the guy you're going against over the past month, you know. I mean, it's it's kind of like training camp. You're ready to get out. You're ready to try these new moves out on some new guys or just not do somebody that knows what you're going to do and vice versa. You know, I mean, it's good when just to get out and get against some different people. So uh, a lot of these guys were excited to get out and try to make their name for some playing time as far as all that goes. But, you know, after a while, it, it is what it is. It's a spring game. I mean – we saw a lot of great things. We saw a lot of good young linebackers out there running around, a lot of great young talent. We saw some guys get better. I mean, I think Gray looked really good. 
he looks like more like a running back we can hand the ball to more and not like a scat back like he kind of came in as. I think he's going to contribute a lot more, and he looked good out there doing it. He wasn't afraid to get up there and get hit, and guys were hitting in, right. on both sides of the ball and rappling up and tackling to the ground, and I loved it. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a different culture. What do you think of uh, Dylan Gabriel? He looked a little more mobile than what I thought he'd be. He was out, man, he running out. He was accurate out running to the left and throwing. I mean, it looked weird, you know, the guy running to the left, throwing to the left, that ball kind right. of having that banana left hook to hit the guy on the run. But, I mean, it threw some gorgeous balls, man. Uh, I think there's a reason why he's here. Levy brought him in. I mean, he's obviously put up some big numbers, so he's an athlete, but there's a reason why Levy chose him to come here and start this thing off right. But as far as, you know, there's and there's a lot of questions behind some of those starters or, you know, some of those groups have some positions that need to be solidified, like O-line, obviously, and, and D-line. We got some, some spots that we got to fill up there, um, and and I think we're going to. But it's it's going to be really, really interesting to see who some of these backups are going to be and what kind of playing time they're going to get this year, especially at quarterback. And right. Some of those young guys look pretty good. I'll say I mean, that athletic wise, I mean, there's a lot, a lot to work with there. I, I would say that Gabriel, um, obviously, the 40 mile per hour wind conditions prevented him, I think, from really displaying the deep ball that we saw at UCF. You know, for those for those yeah. few years. Um, you know, I, that reminds me about what was it, four or five years ago? Kyler's spring game looked like trash because the same thing. It's like yeah, it was 40 mile an hour yes. wind, and he couldn't throw yeah. the ball. So I mean. You got to keep that in mind too. I mean, <laughs> it's it's unrealistic when guys are trying to throw a football on a thirty yard route and hit a guy in a certain spot. If he's off a few yards, I mean, it, yeah, it you is don't what know. It is. Yeah, yeah, we we didn't get to see like the the versatility in his arm. Also, like, what kind of touch does he have? Because I think there was so much forcing the ball through the wind that uh, yeah, you know, it was hard for him to him to kind of display the overall repertoire of his passes i think the kid is talented i think he's very mobile uh, not just mobile enough to save his life i mean mobile enough that you could use it as an asset in the run game uh, asset for the offense he clearly has commanded the offense got up to the line of scrimmage he's running the offense well everybody responding to him so he's winning the hearts and minds of the team which is uh, a positive too you know my, my biggest thing is just the it factor conversation you know like yeah. is he we and we won't know this about him it's like um it's like uh you know, it's like buying, buying a brand new Ferrari and it looks the part and it sounds the part. And, you know, as you've driven it through the parking lot and on the highway, um, it seems to be a Ferrari. But until you really go race that sucker, you just don't know. You know, what did you get here? What's underneath the hood, really? And that's kind of how I am with quarterbacks. You know, until you the fur starts to fly a little bit, you really don't know what that heartbeat is. And Oklahomans right. have been, Oklahoma fans have been so spoiled, you know, with football <laughs> players over the last decade that I feel bad for this kid because is, is he a good college quarterback? Yes, but do we know that is he the last five dudes, including Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler, have greatness in them? You know, we won't Absolutely. know that about Dylan Gabriel until this season gets now, started. Now those guys were all great, and a lot of those guys, aside from the couple of big runs Caleb had in the spring game, none of them really look good in the spring game. Right. You know, nobody ever stands out in the spring game, really, except for maybe a running back that pops one or the receiver that catches the 90-yard touchdown. 
nobody ever really stands out that much. Um, and, and that's just kind of, you know, that's a spring game for you. You know, it's like seeing who's really standing out in the first game of the year, but it's, it's a little different there as well. Cause you're finally getting to go against somebody else, you know? So a lot of these guys, you're going to see a lot of ties and a lot of wins and a lot of young guys making mistakes and trying to, you know, trying to do more than they can, but it's just, <laughs> it's, it's going to be fun to see how it all comes together. You ready for me to do some quick math here for you? I think combined for – so with Team Red, Dylan was 10 of 13 for 131 yards and one touchdown. With Team White, he was 9 of 15 for 119 yards and one interception. So that is – Was uh, Team White the team going from north to south? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, early in that game. Yeah, that might have been the case, honestly. You never uh, know. Yeah. I that, mean, there's, you know, he could have been on the other team with, you know, not the same, you know, the twos, so to speak, or some of the other guys getting some getting some time. So he was, uh, he was 19 of 28 for 250 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. I just did all that math in my head. Yep, that's a big damn head. Yeah, and you know, it's difficult. Yeah, and you're about to put a patty melt in there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought the performance was adequate. I thought he handled the moment well. Uh, 75000 for a spring game. Like, I can only imagine what an outsider, you know, somebody who's just getting on campus, is how he's, like, that. he played at UCF. Like, what kind of football, you know. Two TDs and a pick. Yeah. With a whole bunch of guys he just met three months ago and learned a whole playbook in, and this is the first time they've done anything. Right. Against one of the most rabid, you know, with one of the most rabid fan bases in all of sports in the stands, hoping that you're the next great quarterback. Yeah. No pressure. He's surrounded with some dudes, and the physical brand of football is going to, it's going to bring different parts of our game out. You know, I mean, these guys are just naturally going to be more physical because of what they see every day in practice. Right. Um, you know, plus you got Levy out there who's a madman. So I think that's going to work to his advantage as far as how's he going to look? Is he going to be great? We got a madman at offensive coordinator. Yes. <laughs> this guy you- can just straight go gimmick if he wants, or he can call it straight if he's got what he's got and needs to do what you know, if he needs to Alabama this thing and kill the clock or do the Army deal, whatever he needs to do. But we've got more – I think we're better off now than we were with what we just had. The fact that he was considered the quarterback whisperer or whatever, well, Levy might be the next one. He just coached a guy that's probably going to be a first-round pick in the NFL, and nobody's really talking about that a whole lot. That happened. Right. It's real. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, Levy is absolutely an X factor in regards to the development of Dylan Gabriel. Uh, I'll be curious to see what they can accomplish. You know, it's, it's amazing. I'm 40 years old and, uh, I, I realize I say that a lot on this podcast now because I'm I'm struggling with that. Like, I cannot believe you're old, you're overweight. Right. Right. Go ahead. Continue. I'm ugly. You have a sheen about you. I'm, I am glistening. I am glist- I'm starving. Now that I think about it, too. I'm getting a little cranky. Yeah. <laughs> Take a bite of that's all, folks. I think that, uh, 
I, I have an appreciation more so now for the short amount of time that they actually have to play football and prepare for football. Like when you think about it, from winter workouts, I mean, you're talking about eight weeks of pads, basically. And they're not practicing every day. Like It's like every third day of the week, yeah. you know, every other day, they're – what do they get, like 15, 18 sessions or whatever? Yeah, some, yeah. I mean, so, you're talking yeah. about less than le- – yeah. I would say they have less than 30 practices left before the season I mean, gets started. Like during training camp, it's every day, all day, film this, film this, because there's no school or anything going on yet. I'll just take water. Yeah. Same? Yeah. But, yeah, that's – I mean, is that not crazy? Yeah. It's, it's a very short amount of time. Uh, and so that that's build- why I'm like, there's going to be a lot of hiccups. And, and Sam was like, oh, you know, some of these defensive guys. And I'm like, yeah, but they're playing at vanilla. They got a right. They haven't installed that whole thing. And they're not trying to show anything in spring ball either. You know, there's a few guys that were missing in this game. We didn't get to see Marcus Majors, which is unfortunate. I uh, would have liked to see him get out there and compete. What happened uh, to my man Majors? I don't know what's going on with him. He's next. He's just nothing, nothing serious. Okay. Yeah, nothing serious. I think he's going to be a star. Robert Barnes, I thought, played uh, really well in the running game. He was excited, exciting to watch. Steel Weiss, you know, athlete. Like, from a skill position player standpoint offensively, I think those guys are, are really well set up. I mean, it really does oh, come to me come down to – foot, five freshman receiver. Yeah. That's going to be pretty handy. Right. No – yeah. I mean, they got some dudes. Mims. Yeah, they've got he some real go dudes. Anywhere. Yeah. They've got some guys that can play this game and – uh, so, offensively, to me, it comes down to Dylan Gabriel. Like, is he going to be a good college quarterback, or is he going to be a star at Oklahoma? And I think this team will go with him offensively for sure. Uh, on the defensive end, you know, I, it's it's rare. I'll say this. It is relatively rare to see a defense lose in the spring because the offense, especially with the new offense, because installation is a lot, and not right. every player learns at the same speed. And, like, from an efficiency standpoint, with the new offense in your first spring – you, you're just not great. You're you know not what I mean? installing check downs right. in spring. Right. It's a real simple rudimentary. Yeah. They guessed right on to the next one. Right. Spring ball. Yes. And so you, it's rare to see an offense have the success. I feel like Oklahoma's did against a, a defense that, um, you know, is it's got plenty of talent. I thought the secondary improved a lot just from what I've seen over the last, you know, you take the spring ball, and I think those guys have come a light years as far as challenging the ball, you know, doing better, way better in pass protection, uh, you know, getting after receivers at the line of scrimmage. I thought they were more physical. I thought they tackled better. The secondary looked to be pretty improved to me. Um, I'll, I'll say this, though. I think the, the front four and the linebackers, the front four, they lost a lot from a talent standpoint. I think there's some young, very exciting players. Uh, the Downs kid, the uh, Shipley kid, I think they've got some real – uh, stars coming up. The question is, are they going to get there this season? And the other thing is the linebackers, Wes, you want to talk from Alex Grinch's defense to Brent Venables is like they're trying to learn Spanish in the next three months. Right. You know what I mean? Like that is, and I'm not saying that it's impossible by any means because it's very possible. And Venables is a great coach. They will do it. They will learn it. But that's the difference between the two. Like Venables defense is NFL caliber complicated versus uh, uh, Alex Grinch's defense that was not complicated at all. Now, yeah. uh, these guys are learning a lot about Slap themselves. This way and try to strip it. That's it. Right. I mean, that was basically it. <laughs> They're learning a lot about themselves, learning a lot about the defense in general, and not only 
what they should be doing, but why they're doing what they're doing. So I think there's that learning curve uh, there. I think the Oklahoma defense will be significantly better in week five than what they are in week one. Like oh, I'm, not talking, I'm not talking about the normal growth. Like you're, everybody gets better. I know that. I'm talking about they will be significantly better five games into the season than what they, they start. It's just going to take playing time. And they got some young – they can it, kid. Are you kidding me? That dude's 18 years old. He's a freak. Yeah. Stutzman, I think, is playing faster, uh, more competent than yeah. what he was last season. So that's good to see. And he's just a wrecking ball, as we yeah. all know. So he can't wait to get to the right spot as reckless as he can. No question. I mean, he's he, going to be fun to watch. Yeah, they've got some. They've got some young studs on that team for sure. But I don't know what how that translates into this season. You well, know, like White stuck that little freshman running back. Oh, <laughs> right off the bat, I was like, second play of the game. I was, I was like, like, you know, he's been waiting to do that. Oh yeah, welcome to college football. <laughs> he's he been waiting. Lit his for tail him. up. Um, so yeah, I mean, my my early assessment for Oklahoma is, you know, I, I think that. Uh, you know the foundation is is laid to be for for a pretty successful season, and I think it, if successful means, you know, it, whether successful means they win ten games and they fall short of a, a Big Twelve championship, I I feel like with everything that happened a year ago with a brand new quarterback and everything that's gone down, new offense, new defense, a ten game season would probably be pretty darn good for Oklahoma uh, next year. You know, it's something that they should, I mean, not be disappointed in at least. Um, I think it'd be up to Dylan Gabriel to see if they go past ten. Right. You know what I mean, if that that kid is going to be the X factor, if they go yeah, Big Twelve the, title, semifinal, the it'll be up to him. The defense is going to get better throughout the year. Yeah, they're going to get bigger, stronger, more physical. They're going to get beat up, but the younger guys that are coming in, everybody's going to be just in better shape. Yeah, I mean, it's I can't explain how much of an advantage that is to walk into every arena and just know before you get in there that you're in better shape than the guy that's across from you. You're right. And not by a little bit. I mean, I can't tell you how many times in the fourth quarter guys are just dying and it's, you know, we're just kind of laughing at them. Right. We're like, yeah, this sucks, but it's not that bad, buddy. You know? But it's going to go so far for these guys. And I mean, Ethan's already blowing up. I mean, all these guys. Right. Like, Kanek, I mean, her Kanek, that guy's huge. And he's yeah. just, he's going to be a monster. I'm I'm looking for, um, you know, I think they have a bunch of balanced players up front. I think that right now, if I had to, my, in my opinion, your best pass rushers or most consistent pass rushers are coming from the interior. I think that kid from Tulane can play. I think that... Uh, uh, Redmond can rush the passer when he wants to get after. We all it. saw that kid from Tulane play. Yeah, no question. He, and now he's just upgraded himself and his game and his situation. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see him play against I, everybody else. Because now it, it, just the people he gets to practice against every day. Right. Iron strength is iron, right? I mean, that's 100% true. I think that um, I, I think that Shipley has got some talent. I'll be curious to see what he looks like against uh, – you know, he – it's difficult to really judge a defensive end in a spring game that's moving from left to right and playing against backup players. And you know what I mean? Like he had some shots at some kids that were still trying to figure it out. And I think helped him get a, a pretty ridiculous stat line, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I think that he's got some talent for sure. I think all those guys have bright, very bright futures at Oklahoma. I will be interested to see how they contribute this season. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And they're going to get, uh, 
you know, a good another three months of Schmitty here. So we'll see where they where they come back at, where they're ready at. But man, it's it it's like we learned in the off season. Even if you don't have the next Teddy Lehman or whoever it is to come in there, the next Jason White, whoever we bring in was going to be polished and you knew that they were gonna be ready. Hundred percent. Between Schmitty and, and the coaching staff when we were there and it's back to that now. Like they're teaching guys the game of football again and not little gimmicks and you know, they're they're teaching them things that they can learn and use for the rest of their career. Or even go into coaching. Like so many of those guys were guys that played for Venables in the past and he brought them all back. Same thing. He taught them everything he knew at one point and now he's brought them back to continue to teach that. So let's uh let's take a look at some of the uh Twitter questions that we got. This is from East Coast Sooner. I want to ask y'all what you think about the squad singing the school song after the game while we all locked our arms. I think it's something special. More love for the university and bringing the team together, but I want your take on it. Uh I would I I would tell any kid in the country no matter out of all the schools that have offered, you find the ones with the richest college football tradition, right? Where they, it's a school that just loves the game, that the fall semester is just different because it's football season. And Oklahoma right. is one of those. And I think that that uh, being a new tradition at OU is awesome. I think it looked great. And, it's the new uh, standard. It's, it's a new standard. Set. Absolutely. And I hope, you know, what you really hope is that uh, there's a whole bunch of people in the stands that do it. You know, after, like, that's, you know, that's always been Saban's thing is don't leave my games. You know, stay at my games. You know, you started with us and ended with us, and I think maybe that'll be, a, you know, something that gets people like to stay in their seats for sure. Yeah, there ought to be a deal when you're up by, like, 40 or the coach in the, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter where you can come out and kind of take his hat off, and, you know, it's safe. Right. Sooner <laughs> uh, Matt says, the cultural differences between BV and Lincoln Riley are vast. Brent Venables praising the success of non-revenue sports. And, uh, and uh, what is this? OCS coach tweeting about a faith-based combo with Miguel today. Former players honored fan culture, 75K, et cetera. And, yeah, I mean, the, the vibe is completely different. Uh, Lincoln Riley very much got a, had a pop culture uh, semi-pro really kind of vibe to it. I think that Venables he had a very professional vibe. <laughs> yeah, yes, I and mean, I was every time I was there, I was like, "This ain't, this isn't what I bragged about when I went to the NFL." Right. This is kind of turned into that, and you're never going to get there if that's. You have to go through this to be able to survive in the NFL. It's a grind mentally and physically. And if you don't get ground down to nothing first, you're not going to step into that world and succeed. It's not like a basketball where you can be the best player on the field or on the court and win games. We, uh, yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. You're hundred percent right. Um, dime time 22, dime time 2k 22 says, yes, the defense had some blown coverages, but every single tackle was an absolute dog pile and every hit had some, pop to it how much different do y'all think the intensity was on defense well, i think it's pretty significant for more reasons than venables is a is a defensive coach and he's a dog type of thing i mean i think those kids are out there they're playing for playing time and they they absolutely know that if you're not violent if you're not play to the whistle you won't play so for venables. pull your pull your stat sheet up on the touchdowns that were scored 
One was 95-yarder. They had the one big one. Yep, and then there was a 48-yarder that Theo Weiss got to the one. That was uh, another one. That's just the Gabriel touchdowns off the top of my head. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Because I knew there was one big one, but there wasn't like 400 yards of offense and, you know, 460-yard bombs or whatever. But you didn't just see people running wild. Right. All over the field like you usually do. Like usually there's a handful of them that were just WAO. Um, the arm in arm walk off before kickoff that gave me chills. I would agree. That's from David McHaley. Don Shelton says D Gabriel looks good, but no experience depth at QB does. And how will OU talk, talk an experienced QB to take back up role to take the backup? Like role. you're talking about, so, like a transfer portal type of situation. Uh, you're not convinced any. I, so the transfer portal is still an option. For our guys and for guys coming in until the season starts. We saw that from the LSU running back last year, like transferred in in May, transferred out in August. (laughs) You know, I mean, so you never know as far as if somebody else could be brought in. I think we know for it's pretty set in stone who the starter is going to be. And as far as these younger guys go, they're just going to have to develop and earn the coach's trust to get on the field and hope that we can get up high enough that they can get some playing time this year. All right, well, that was the Twitter questions. We'll go to the Facebook page where we've got one question for you, Josh McGill. Oh. He says, ask Wesk if he's eating his veggies. If he's eating his veggies, it's what he used to ask my son all the time. Absolutely. I ask all the kids if they're eating their veggies. You don't eat vegetables. I, I eat vegetables. When do you eat vegetables? When I eat my meat. <laughs> You put down the base coat, <laughs> then you throw the meat on top of it, and nice. it helps you out the next morning. Nice. Just go with it. I, uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, the times that you and I, like, we're, we're I mean, we're going to eat here, and then we're probably going to eat somewhere on the way home. It's a long drive. Yeah. Well, you know. How many vegetables do you think we'll be eating tonight? Uh, potatoes are a vegetable, aren't they? Or is that a starch? That is a grows in the that dirt. is a starch. It is not a oh look, the burgers are here. Oh. Couple of waters. Thank you so much. Hey, water is water's perfect. Well, we're gonna wrap this thing up. Thank you. Yep. Oh the boomerang. I um oh it's from boomerang? Heck yeah, that's gonna be good. That smells like awesome. Well we we will uh, dive into the spring game several more times on the same base podcast over the next couple of weeks. Uh but I wanted to get out here to local leaf RX with Wes and uh and have this conversation, this initial thoughts. We'll watch it. I'll probably watch that thing two or three more times here in the next couple of weeks just to kind yeah. of really uh, take a look at some individuals it's for just sure. A lot but, to uh, take in Saturday. It is. It is. And, and we'll keep diving into it and looking absolutely. at it. And yeah, for sure. Everybody's going to keep evaluating the hell out of this one spring game. 131 days kickoff. Absolutely. I want to go down there and evaluate some Smitty workouts. Had a good long talk with him. <laughs> How's he doing? He's doing fantastic. Absolutely has not changed a bit. Nice. And I love it. Fantastic. Good stuff. Wes, I enjoyed it, buddy. I appreciate you. Yes, always a great time. Big thank you to Local Leaf RX for having us out today. You can uh, 
Come up, come on up here and meet Leah and her staff. They are absolutely incredible. They're all about the medicine. They're all about you, the consumer. They take care of you in more ways than just the price here, which is absolutely incredible. They've always got great deals. Food on Fridays. Come on, they're feeding the people on Fridays. So if you're in the Shawnee Tecumseh area, you're looking for a local dispensary that's got a big city vibe to it as far as the products that are on the shelves. This is it. This selection is incredible at Local Leaf RX. Shout out to my guy, Teddy. Uh, Teddy's known me since I was 18 years old. He gave me, he reached out on Facebook. It was good to see him. I think Teddy's going to be a part of the same Ace podcast for uh, a minute. I think we're going we're going to have a good relationship at Local Leaf RX. So, uh, yeah, it's good stuff, man. Absolutely love it here. And if you're having any trouble sleeping, they <laughs> prescribed us a little something called That's Fire, folks. Crooked <laughs> Tunes presents Milk Chocolate Candy Bar. Each square on this candy bar is 100 plus milligrams. Yeah, that's... Uh, so you take one of those, that is a full spectrum, and that... That's the cool thing about it. It's full spectrum. That's cool. That will make you go to bed and have you feeling great when you wake up. Yeah, good stuff. All right, man. We're out of here. Peace out. <laughs> All right, we are, uh, we're here at Local Leaf RX in Tecumseh, Oklahoma. This is about... Uh, eight miles off of I-40, real easy to get to. One of my good friends, Teddy, uh, owns this location here. I've known Teddy since I was 18 years old. He was my Sprint dealer back when I was in college. And uh, it's good to hear from him and see he's doing well. Good to be here at Local Leaf RX. we got Wes Sims uh, coming up here in a little bit. We're going to talk about the Oklahoma Spring game. But right now we have the uh, general manager, Leah. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? Leah sat down and said she was nervous. I'm like, relax. Super nervous. This is just a simple, easy conversation where I'm going to ask you to do math. Oh, great. Are you good You good at math? Super awesome at math. Six times six. 36. Hey, you nail it. It's a, they, you're ready to go. It's over. Ready to go. <laughs> Tell me what's uh, tell me about Local Leaf RX. Obviously, customers are walking in since we've been setting up. Everybody's got a smile on their face. Uh, you guys seem to be focused on the medicine and building relationships here. Absolutely, customer service is probably our our top thing here at uh, Local Leaf RX. The boys here and Haley are super educated about everything. They know your name when you come in. Ask you about your dog. How you been feeling? All nice. that good business. Wes is uh, Wes is kind of a weed connoisseur. So as he's walking through the. Uh, the story, his face is lighting up, and he's pointing at jars, and I'm like, oh, good. So he's excited. That means I'm going to be excited. Your selection here is absolutely incredible. Yeah, that's that's probably the second biggest point of here. Besides our customer service, we have some of the best flour around. We have personal relationships with all of our growers and our processors, and they're not just our providers of medicine. They're our friends, too, so you really trustworthy medicine here. As far as uh, just the, the day-to-day uh, conversation here, if you are a new customer, you walk into Local Leaf RX, what's your experience going to be? What questions are going to be asked to a, a new client of yours? Um, they usually, uh, the first thing we're going to ask you for, of course, is your medical card. You, right. you have to have a medical card in the state of Oklahoma to come in here and uh, purchase products. Um, we have had plenty of other people come in and try to get medicine without it. It's absolutely a no-no. So we're going to ask you for your medical ID card and uh, for a picture ID, of course, so we can verify that's you. And then we're just going to come in and ask you what you're here to be treated for, you know, if you're in pain or if you're having anxiety, depression, which are some of the top symptoms that we see people for. And then we're going to ask you, you know, how you, uh, your preferred method of medication is or if you've actually medicated before. So, you know, we got to find out if you're a newcomer or if you're a seasoned veteran. See, this is, this is why I'm here, right? I, you won't ever hear me uh, in a dispensary where 
that list of things that you just said isn't said first. You know, I, I do not go do business at places where uh, the kid asked me behind the booth, do you want some fire today? Like, I, that's not what I want to hear. And I think there's a lot of people that are still scared of cannabis that still have a million questions every single day on, you know, what it's about and how I get involved and how do I consume it? I mean, I, I never played college football. I got to the NFL. I never smoked weed until it was legal here in Oklahoma. And once I walked into my first dispensary, I had no idea that you can ingest it in as many ways as you can. I still don't know what a dab is, right? Someone gave me some uh, um, shatter and batter and all these things. And I'm like, I, I have no idea what to do with this stuff. And it's a little, I mean, it gives you some anxiety. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so, you can get more anxiety just from coming into the store and being overwhelmed if you're not in the right place. That's for sure. Absolutely. So people can feel free to ask all the questions here at Local Leaf. A hundred percent. So everybody here really makes it a point to educate themselves about everything that we carry here about the possible side effects. It Because, you know, even with marijuana, you can experience side effects uh, with the edibles, especially you talked about edibles. It, it's important to go someplace you trust because grandma who is you know in her 80s and medicating for the first time doesn't need a huge dose of an edible that's going to land her with a panic attack in the ER she needs to know that she can trust the people she's talking to that we know what she's what her levels are and what she's medicating for and so here at Local Leaf we really focus on that you know I uh, I had an experience with an edible in a Hobby Lobby around Christmas time and you can just tell as I sit here next to you that I'm not a small guy yeah so Hobby Lobby is difficult when I am sober Mm-hmm. So when I took a what I thought was a 25 milligram gummy and it ended up being somewhere it had to have been over 100 as uh, my wife looks at me, my fiance looks at me and she's doing this like she's telling me to focus and make eye contact with her as I'm dragging my leg through this hobby. Lo- I had no idea I was even doing it. You know what I mean, like I had no clue uh, what I was doing. And I, so I appreciate coming in and knowing that the products here are going to be what they are supposed to be. Like you yes. work with companies that do a good job and give you something that is reliable. That's the other thing around here. You just never know what you can get. Some people, you know, I'm a processor. Are you, are you a processor? You just never really know. And so when you, when you have a trusted dispensary, uh, it's great because you know, the products in the shelves are, are things that are going to take care of you. A hundred percent, Sam. I think that's probably the most important thing is like you said, you thought you were getting a 25 milligram edible and even a 25 could be, huge uh for somebody who's just starting out and that can like we said put you into a full-on panic attack and make you way worse than how you started out so absolutely well leah thank you so much what do you got going on here as far as uh uh, deals or what's going on yeah we have daily specials every day we have daily specials on the first friday of every month we have our patient appreciation special oh what is that so uh flowers always on sale we'll have a food catered and we'll have vendors here and when we have vendor days they can of course go even further than us and tell us all about the Products, products that they yeah. for us. So we love vendor days. So, so you're telling me that you're feeding people here on Fridays? Absolutely. Every Friday we're here. feeding the, the people, bring your munchies. It's all uninfused, of course, and catered by, like this previous week, we had a local bistro uh, come and cater sandwiches and homemade brownies and muffins. And yeah. Yeah, no, I'll be back on Friday. For sure. I want some free munchies and, uh, and some weed. And some education kind of about some marijuana, right? And some education. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. I Thanks for having, having us. This. Really appreciate it. You, you you nailed this. Thank you. Like you were great. I, I didn't I didn't mean to. Yeah, I'm impressed. <laughs> like your your nervousness disappeared immediately. Well, it's because I really enjoy talking about marijuana. Um, education is like it's my passion. That's I awesome. really enjoy getting to see people uh, medicate with marijuana and give, getting off of some of the old pharmaceuticals that cause habits and oh, yeah. have terrible side effects, and they're taking back their health care. So it makes me very happy. Very cool. Leah, the GM here at Local Leaf RX, coming in and see her and her incredible staff. We're going to take great care of you. 